0: Hey,
1: Steve. How are you? Hey, Dan. Welcome to the Dulcimer Geek Podcast. I'm enjoying it. I hope you are, too. Dulcimer Geek Podcast is brought to you by dulcimerschool.com. That's D-U-L-C-I-M-E-R-S-C-H-O-O-L.com. My mom said, well, she said,
0: there might be people out there that don't want to listen to this show. It sounds
1: like well, you guys she's, are I'm, just talking. That's true Uh, Thank you for those of you who are listening And uh, for those who have Taken a moment to compose A couple of sentences, that's all it takes Or even if you've done four, or just one And left a review at the iTunes store That's a big deal that helps people To find the podcast So if you could do that, thanks And actually, after if
0: you'll let this podcast Run today, when it sounds like it's over There's actually a 22-hour Workshop right at the end of this whole podcast
1: yeah but there's a long pause I have to keep it going for i think four hours before that that's appears it. yeah if it, it might who knows we'll see if that actually works what are you up to <clears throat> well i was working today and i could tell you all kinds of stuff <laughs> my first few days with a pc but uh, let's not do that but you don't mean political I, um, correctness yes that's exactly what i mean and I'm, I'm politically correct version Windows 10 now. I got that Whoa. thing all done this afternoon, too. Ain't that something? Uh, working today, I was listening to a Joni Mitchell playlist. Ah, And yeah, how cool, first, just how cool is that? Uh, she, she, what a lyricist. Well, she really, maybe, I, I, I
0: might be wrong about this, but maybe more than... Any other famous person. She's really snuck dulcimers into a lot of ears over the years. And I would say, as far
1: as I know, it's mainly that blue album she did. I don't know. I think there's a lot more than that. I, was, I wasn't I was listening to that in particular. I just had a, a playlist going on that was bouncing Well, that's around. the only one with dulcimer on it. Uh-uh. Really? Yeah, that's not true. Really? All well, right,
0: so we what we have is a prize. We have one... A one-year subscription to Dulcimer Players News for whoever can confirm the truth on this first. Well,
1: I'll pay okay. for it, Dan. Don't worry. <laughs> you, what do you have to do with that? But that's okay. I'll I'll back that. Hey, listen. Here's here's just a couple of lyrics. This is from "Free Man in Paris." To give you an idea of. I'd never really noticed how great this is, but listen. The way I see it, you just can't win it everybody's in it for their own gain. You can't please them all. There's always somebody calling you down. I do my best, and I do good business. There's a lot of people asking for my time. They're trying to get ahead. They're trying to be a good friend of mine. I was a free man in Paris. I felt unfettered and alive. There was nobody calling me up for favors, and no one's future to decide. You know I'd go back there tomorrow, but for the work I've taken on, stoking the star maker machinery behind the popular song. That's pretty cool. That's from... Oh, it's from Freeman in Paris, and it's... If you go to Wikipedia and you look up that song in particular, you'll hear this complicated description of how it moves through all these jazz chords and how the opening line, you know, what it does and how it sets up all this other sort of thing, and it makes it sound like she was just a technician par excellence, but I know the guy who just played a Joni Mitchell concert with a singer and that would be you Steve Seifert. That's right. Tell me what it was like uh, doing that. It was pretty cool. Um,
0: I mean I I listened to the Blue Album actually for a, a number of years and didn't realize that, that was dulcimer on it and I was playing dulcimer and then later realized it was dulcimer on there and uh, Butch Ross helped me think about the tunings uh, I don't know if that was eight or nine years ago but just recently, Brenda Foles from uh, Cincinnati, she contacted me. She want she wanted to do a she wanted to perform the entire Joni Mitchell Blue album, and needed a dulcimer player. And then f- for the rest of the evening, she had other Cincinnati artists doing Joni Mitchell tunes. But it was really cool to study her tunings. Um, there's four songs on there, and um, and the all I want California carry and a case of you and that the tunings like um, one of them was DAA or the equivalent one was like DF sharp A one three five there was a uh, low A. so the first low the first A is low and the others are an octave higher and also the weird one low G and then AA um she had the bass string, and I was watching these on these. Uh, I was watching the BBC videos from uh, some of her performing uh, before she did the Blue album. She did this stuff, and she did these uh, these performances. So she even talks on there about how she's not quite got the songs worked out yet. But I got to watch the tunings. I saw the bass strings on the middle string, the double melodies farthest from her. What we call the middles closest to her belly. There's no six and a half fret. I kind of suspect on blue there is a six and a half fret, because there's this one shape she moves around that you it just wouldn't work unless you bent it or had a fret added. In a later video, 10 years later, she was strung up like DAA or CGG um, with our string arrangement, and she had, um, I think, a six and a half, but I can't remember now. But anyway, I got all into this stuff, and... noticed for each tuning she would pick usually one or two shapes usually one move it around left and right and it and the diatonic nature of the dulcimer pretty much determined what these songs would be I mean she's still definitely the creator but I love that she embraced the instrument for what it's good at she wasn't tied down by any tradition she didn't have an idea of a default tuning in her head. I think she may have just came up with some cool tunings and discovered these songs, and I I just love it.
1: Well, she said in an interview, I think it was around 1996, and I'm getting this from Butch Ross, wrote an article for Dulcimer Players News in 2011. It was the spring issue then, uh, and it was called A Case of Blue is what he he called that article. But uh, Oh, cool. Yeah, so if anybody wants to check that out, and it, it's it's really interesting stuff. Why Joni carried the thing around? Joellen Lapitas had learned to play the dulcimer from uh, Gene Ritchie's original book. Oh, me. Did you mention already that jo- that Joellen made Joni's instrument? Yeah, that's right. And that's the one you played, right? Um, no. That's not what you used in the concert.
0: No, I used a McSpadden, but I I used the same tunings.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I guess I, I thought I had read that somewhere. But anyway, uh, Johnny Mitchell said, i want to try to find this. Here's a quote from her. Uh, she told Jeffrey Pepper Rogers in 76, quote, I took off to Europe carrying a flute and this dulcimer because it was very light for backpacking around Europe. I wrote most of blue on it. Yeah. Uh, isn't that cool? It is cool. She said, uh, also in the same interview, she said the only instrument I'd ever had across my knee was a bongo drum. So when I started to play the dulcimer, I beat it. I just slapped it with my hands.
0: <laughs> yep, she's got that cool thing where she she takes her strumming hand and kind of knocks the fingerboard on on um, on beats two and four.
1: So these kind of weird tunings that she comes up with—it seems to me like it seems to me like most interesting stuff. Isn't a matter of somebody sitting down and trying to become a virtuoso because they're, I mean, lessons and all that are great. But when somebody is using an instrument like a tool, you know, and is just using it organically and they do something that makes them excited and they do it over and over again and they write words that sort of fit this thing that they're doing kinetically. And I just just think that's where magic happens.
0: Yeah, I knew, uh, I still know a songwriter. I met her maybe 20 years ago, and she was a pretty good guitar player. She just wrote the best stuff, a really amazing singer. She's one of the, I, I want to say, she is one of the most talented people I've ever met. She got into the dulcimer and wrote some really great songs with it. And at one point I offered to show her some different chord theory and different stuff, and we started down that road, and she just stopped me and she said, hey, this kind of kills the magic for me. <laughs> she said, "I like exploring the instrument, finding a couple new neat things, and then writing a whole song around them." And she said, "I really wouldn't want to,
1: I wouldn't want to destroy that." I've never forgot that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Butch pointed that out. I remember back in that article, something about about whether her like Joni Mitchell's lack of knowledge about it or. You know these innovations that she made had to do with that. They were just ignorance, or she was like intentionally changing the tuning. But the lack of knowledge didn't keep her from making music. That's the cool part.
0: Well, she she was able to to assemble the knowledge she needed to do what she needed to do to express herself. I mean, I think of her primarily as a musician. And um, if if you gave her a, a clay pot, she could do something interesting with it. Yeah, I think that's for, true. I mean, f- for me, I've been attracted to the music theory and and really kind of having a, I don't know, I've had a, a real way of dissecting everything, and I enjoy that. It's kind of a compulsive desire I have. Uh, but uh, I, I, if Joni went about it a different way, I, c- I certainly wouldn't call it inferior, and I might even look up to it quite a bit, you know? Hmm. I mean, I it's think you it goes dig. back to
1: what the girl told me about. She enjoyed the mystery of it, you know. Right. So if, if people want to see Johnny Mitchell playing some of these things, where can they find him these days? You think go to you, YouTube. The, the stuff you, well, the stuff you did in the concert, is that on YouTube?
0: My mom might have posted that on Facebook. I haven't seen that stuff yet. But um, certainly, absolutely what you ought to watch. Uh, forget about me. <laughs> Just get on YouTube, look up. Joni Mitchell BBC because she did um, she did a concert right before she recorded the Blue album she also did a concert for them I think I think it was also BBC about 10 years later where she plays the dulcimer but she tells she talks a little bit she tunes and you'll see like the difference between the dulcimers and um, and it's solo too when she plays with a dulcimer she's solo and that's the thing about the blue album. You've got these tracks where you got a whole band going on, but when you hear Dulcimer, even though there's a band, it's pretty Dulcimer centric, you know. Everything's built around what she's doing there.
1: hmm Well, they were built around her. <laughs> now listen. Uh No, I wait, wait, before you leave this, I, yeah. I want to toss one other thing in. Uh Joelan Mm-hmm. We kind of almost every time this story comes up, somebody says just like Joe made the instrument. Joellen oh, yeah. Lapidus is a big deal for mountain dulcimers. I think so. And and she's uh, got really cool oh. stories to tell, man. And she's she's just such she's she's just a cool person if you've ever been around her. And I know that her book Lapitas on Dulcimer Two, she spent a lot of time transcribing the techniques that Joni Mitchell used.
0: I didn't know that. I need to get that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so if, if there's somebody who, you know, kind of wants to see how she did that, she like made little special symbols and stuff to make that style easier to learn. I just want to make sure we get that in there. Okay. Yeah, I need
0: I even called her the day before the concert, but she was in the middle of teaching workshops in Arkansas, I think. But uh, I would like to, you know, when 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 I first tried to figure this stuff out, that I didn't I didn't know there would be all these different tunings, so I just couldn't even make sense out of what I was hearing. I certainly didn't have the video like we do now. Um, when Butch Ross mentioned those weird tunings, I just thought, well, that can't be right, you know? Or So it's like I've been going through a real education over the years. I love this common strain of Joni Mitchell through my dulcimer life. And it, it was so good to get comfortable with this stuff to a certain degree. I really tried to play it the way she did for the most part. And um, it was fun i felt like a rock star a little bit you know like if you get up and play um a Jimi hendrix theme on guitar i mean that's got to feel good i imagine well i felt like for these folkies and and their friends i felt like that's maybe as close to to a rock star that i'll ever feel
1: (laughs) maybe i don't know you mentioned somebody before that uh some country music kind of well-known person or somebody certainly well-known in the industry that had never heard of most of the people that you look up to, like like Gene Ritchie and those folks, right? Oh,
0: yeah. There was a country music singer, really famous, wanted me to introduce Dulcimer to his family, his wife and kids. So I went over to their house, and we were talking— and I start. I mentioned Gene Ritchie. I mentioned Doc Watson and some other names. And I could tell I made him really uncomfortable. And he had no idea who those people were. And I guess somebody who's real negative might get all down on the guy and be like, "Man, you don't know your roots, and uh, this guy's just a phony or something." That's not true. This guy's really good at like a thousand different things, that, and one of them doesn't happen to be knowing who Doc Watson is. Uh, right. I, <laughs> There's this idea that you got to travel the same path as other artists. I, that's so crazy because being an artist, you know, of course you want to. Well, you have the option of learning about your roots, your musical roots. You have the option to, to kind of grow in somebody else's garden before you move out into your own. But I think it's beautiful when an, when a musician just gets out there and 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 they, and you know, you, how could they do it any different? I, I heard somebody once talking about a kid and I think I mentioned it on the podcast before where they were saying I mean the kid was nine or something and they were saying he really should develop his own voice and I just thought what you know, what what are you gonna sit him down with a psychiatrist and get him to do this? Or what what are you talking about? That the artist is gonna do whatever the artist is gonna do. If you don't like it, that's fine. But it's funny how people get these ideas about what a nine year old musician you know, oh, he's just playing David Schnaufer stuff. Come on. I mean, he's the only one on the earth playing him that well, maybe.
1: <laughs> sure. I just think it's hard for humans to imagine someone else's path being successful without knowing what it is they know. <laughs> and that's not correct. There's, because our paths are all kind of different. And then if you go back, and I don't know what the numbers are, but if you look at, this is w- way way out there, but the human population—just the number of people there are—is growing so quickly. And the number—the the longer we live, the more people there are going to be that we ought to know something about in the past. <laughs> oh sure, you know, and it just doesn't—and it just doesn't make sense that anybody else is going to know everything that you know. And maybe there's this tendency for us to want to feel like uh, uh to validate what we do based on other people you know having similar experiences and i get get that i all get that, that. i do the same
0: thing in other fields i'm
1: sure i know i do but it but it's also always been a, it's a little offensive <laughs> i remember this is this has nothing to do with this conversation but it just hit me you know how there are these moments in your life where you go that just really bugged me and you don't know why it bugged you so much but i remember about 1983 <laughs> it, was, it was around 1984 because it was when the Mac when the Mac came out. And I was working in a computer store and someone said to me something about the V about uh have you seen this movie? And I said, No, I, I don't I haven't seen that. When was it out? And they said five or six years ago, but you know, you can see it on VHS. And I said, I don't, I don't have a, a VCR. <laughs> And I remember this person said in the snottiest way that it just never left me, you don't have a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> like I was some kind of an alien right. because everyone had a VCR right. at that time. And by the way, if you're under 20, you don't even know what a VCR is. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Right? Yeah. There's almost, I mean, I think there's almost too much technology to expect some 15 year old today to to have an, a comprehensive grasp of all the electronics over the last 120 years
1: if hey, i ever told you the story about the uh the i used to be the program director of public radio station i was the general manager there so you're director, one of those back guys was, that you're one of those guys that ran a fun drive i bet oh yeah that was i love doing those really do uh it was a classical music station, and, and back then, all of my employees were students, which means they're the smartest human beings on the planet, and uh, th- this happened to be a female. It could have been a male, but the story's about a female student. She was supposed to play something just really obvious, like the, the Blue Danube or whatever, and she opened up—we had made the transition over to CDs, and she opened up the CD case— and the CD was missing. Somebody had lifted the CD. And so she calls the music director, and the music director says, well, just go to the record library because there's thousands of albums out there. And you can find the exact same album. And yeah. this person had never used the turntable. And the turntable was on a drawer that you pulled out from under this cool Wheatstone, I think was the company that made the console. And you pulled the thing out, and she dusted it off, and, you know, and she, he told her how to do it. And she plays something on the air that's clearly not the Blue Danube, which she probably pronounced the Blue Danube, because that happened all the time as well. Right. And, uh, you know, so the music director calls and says, what are you doing? Everybody knows that's not the song. And she says, well, I did what you said. I, I, I pulled that drawer out and I put the thing on and I counted in the number of lines and it was the third song and I put it in front of that and I played it. And he said, Well which side did you play? And she said, You mean you can play both sides of these things? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. True. Yeah. She just but but now actually I think the uh the young ones, the hipsters are kinda getting back into the album thing, right?
0: Yeah, everybody wonders about that. Like there's even some um as you would say, pseudoscience about how our bodies resonate differently with analog versus digital. Um I mean, I, I walked into a guy's house recently to do a performance online. And he was had some Miles Davis on or something. And it just sounded unusually great. And, you know, I, I realized he was playing a record. It was going through some old wooden speakers. You know, I, I don't know how much of that is made up in my mind. But now it's got me wanting to restore my dad's uh, record player. He had a pretty good one. I think I'll tell you the cool thing about going to his house. Uh, the fella that I visited, all his friends who have record collections, none of them want those records anymore. So, he's getting like all the coolest records ever. And you get it is cool to sit there and hold it, and to watch that thing spin around. There's a certain mechanical kind of magic about it. Like, how is that working? You know, and um, the album is almost. I don't know. It's this immersive art. And I've heard this stuff before, and I thought it was a little silly. But when I was right there in the middle of it, it felt pretty darn good. And I don't know if I would say albums sound better than records. When I first got a CD, I was blown away. I mean, you don't hear people talking about that. I know I've heard people be like, man, I never, I haven't liked it since the beginning. When I heard my first CD, my mom won a CD player at the company picnic. Man, I could not believe my ears listening to that. Um, Can I spout a little? little? Me, go ahead. Well, music's about an experience. Yeah, that's it. That's and it. Sometimes that's, I want to yes. go to a concert. Sometimes I want you to play for me in your living room. And sometimes I might like to spin a disc.
1: Right, but but that experience though, that experience was yours. And Music is about your experience. And so for me in 1976 or whatever. At the swimming pool in Kennett, Missouri, listening to the Doobie Brothers, you know, do "Black Water," <clears throat> you know, with that acapella section in it and all that kind of stuff over AM radios. Yeah. I didn't like it when I heard it on FM. Well, Nashville <laughs> radio still has
0: WSM six fifty AM radio. Um, I love, man. I love to put on some uh, like Lefty Frizzell and listen to that and full stereo, but there is a charm about hearing it in an old pickup truck over AM radio. Right. You even mentioned to me when you got an iPhone that... You enjoyed listening to music <laughs> through the little iPhone speaker. It reminded you of those little handheld transistor radios Absolutely. from the 70s. I had I one of those red
1: ones on my bicycle. Remember those that you got at Radio Shack? I had one on the bicycle and <laughs> mine was red. Are you That's all they were. They made them in red. It was just a big red thing with a reflector on one side. You didn't have a yellow horn on it, like a little square horn button. No, I had a zingy, zingy uh, bell, though. That's for sure. All right, boy, we we're talking like I could never hear the radio when I was on the bike by the way. Yeah, night. they were not very good. And the and the batteries didn't seat in there well. <laughs> so it would crackle in and out every time you hit a bump. That's funny. But anyway, we all have uh we have things plugged in our ears now. There's a lot of good dulcimer
0: music on record, on LP, is that what we say? Long play. Mm-hmm. Um, vinyl. There's a lot of good vinyl dulcimer music. Um, and the f- the first one I ever heard on vinyl was uh, the Pacific Rim project.
1: Oh, really? And okay. it had
0: Michael Rugg, Neil Hellman, Bonnie Carroll. Um, I forget who else was on there. Uh, well, Forrest and Dushay right. were on there. I think. I hope I'm saying That's that right. right. Um, that was really cool. And I remember I was in high school, maybe a senior. I was holding that record jacket in my hand. What's the difference between the jacket and the sleeve? Is that the same?
1: Hmm. I think it's the same. I don't know. No, no, no. The sleeve would be, because the jacket would be the cardboard part, and the sleeve would be the thing you, they came out in a piece of paper sometimes. That's what I'm, I'm just guessing.
0: Early on, the sleeves were blank, maybe, but I know, like, later on, I, re, I yeah, I remember pulling the sleeve out and it would have stuff on it, printed
1: on it. Oh, yeah. Is that my No, imagination? it's not. I that was like I totally remember it's like to remember reading every things. word in the sleeve of uh, Chicago Transit Authority or tolls thick as a brick. Not Tull Glasner cuz he he didn't oh, do yeah. that one, but uh <laughs> And the
0: the last one I I remember was uh th- David Schnoffer did a little 45 called Rosie's Arms and uh He was really kicking around Nashville, trying to get some of that songwriting action. He used to talk about how, when he said you'd have a friend who was a plumber or something, and all of a sudden he'd have a, a, one of his songs was picked up by the you know the the most recent Garth Brooks album, and he said it was like they hit the lottery. Yeah. Did
1: he ever have any of those?
0: Me, David? Did he ever hit the lottery? Oh. hmm. He's uh he had a song called Sarah. I remember driving through Texas one day and I was listening to Austin radio and somebody was performing it. And um he wrote with some interesting Can people. Can you sing any other Towns Van Zant?
1: Uh, well, yeah, but what do you want me to do? Yeah, just just belt it out there for a second. Uh, Sarah, what you
0: who you gonna marry, Sarah, what you gonna do? Sarah, you're so pretty. We van da 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 spin. Were well, you ask Have it. you
1: have I heard you do that?
0: But I don't know that I don't know that he ever had a big hit or anything, but he he was actually a good writer. His lyrics were really cool.
1: That's, if anybody wants to hear that, uh, there's a YouTube I'm, I just found of him singing that with Vince Farsetta. Yeah. Oh, really? Apparently, that cool. same concert, he also does Wildwood Flower. That's kind of cool. So what are you going to do with your life? Well, how many years do you think you got? Oh, uh, have- I don't know. You know, Steve, when you're in your mid-50s, it's best not to think about that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's best to just live really? We uh, closed on a house last week So here's what I'm doing immediately That's And good. we're about to remodel a house And there's, there's three things That factor in You can remodel a house cool. Listen to this This is going to apply in every area of your life When you're looking at a big project like this It can be good It can be fast Or it can be cheap But you can only pick two of those I don't know. I heard it years back, and I've never seen a place where it doesn't really apply well. Somebody, if you want to hire a dulcimer player,
0: you can find. You got to consider that you, you know, you can get somebody good, you can get somebody cheap, you can get somebody fast, but you can't get all three. Well,
1: what, <laughs> no, but let's say, let's say you uh, had somebody hired for your wedding, and they canceled on you a week before your wedding, and you're going to hire somebody else. You're going to get them fast, but it's not going to be cheap if they put the right time in. Or you're going to get them fast. It might still be cheap, but it's not going to be good because they can't put in, you know, 48 straight hours just working on that. You just got to pick out two. It's not going to
0: be cheap.
1: Right. And so that's what we're looking at. So you ask me what I'm going to do with my life. That's it. We're going to look at... uh we're trying to make the big decision right now. How much of this do we do? I've built four houses, I guess. I'm, I'm, if I'm lying, it's by an accident. I don't actually remember. I'd have to go back through. But we've had quite a few houses, and we've built them. We've remodeled. We've built them from scratch. And I've done just about everything you can do with that, some of it poorly. <laughs> and I remember the, the coolest, biggest house that we ever had that I did the greatest amount of work in. I was so bugged. That I could see the imperfections in it. That when we moved from that house, we moved into a house that was built the same year I was born. Yeah. And I didn't do any of it. And I was so forgiving with that house. Wow. You know? That's
0: just like, ah, before you have kids, you sit in a restaurant and you're real critical of somebody on how and how their kids are acting. But then when you finally get <laughs> <That's> kids, <right. laughs> you're, you're pretty, I'm pretty forgiving,
1: you know. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's. That's what we're doing. And listen, here's another psyche thing that plays into this whole thing. If you ask me to come over and help you build something, I think I would do a much better job on your house than I would on my own. Oh, yeah, because you'd think, man,
0: I I could live with this or live with that. My dad was not like that, but I am.
1: So I'm trying to develop this uh, mental attitude that I'm building this for somebody else, not for me so that I'll do my best work on this. You, you, on this. you know when we're young, yeah. uh, you're a young
0: musician, and you wonder wh- where music's going to take you. you. know, What am I going to do? What am I going to become? What am I going to turn into? Uh, I, I'm 41, so that's, that's pretty darn young, I think. But I've gotten to a point where I've been thinking about, you know, what, what else am I going to do with music? Have I already done it? Now I just need to get better at it maybe and enjoy the ride. I think part of why I got into music was I'm excited about exploration and adventure and learning and developing
1: things. Uh, what, where, do, where do you stand on that? <laughs> I think you're just a, you were just obsessed with something. I don't mean this in a negative way. That uh, you excelled at and you probably enjoyed the recognition that came from being better than other people at something. Right, I, but
0: what do I do now? And that's what I'm asking you. What are you going to do
1: now? I don't think I can predict that. I know I have this instrument that's being built for me that I'm really excited about, the Sam Rosetta instrument. And I've been here lately playing with smaller instruments just with a single leg, just like you know people did in the 60s and 70s for the most part, and trying to work out – Things that excite me on those have been experimenting with hammer technique. And uh, I've got two recording projects I'm working on. One with uh, Aaron O'Rourke and one with Stephen Humphreys. Uh, Very, very different projects. So, But we're excited about that. Me and Humphreys are doing one that's just going to have so much percussion on it. (laughs) We're just like, this is what we like. Let's just do it. And maybe no one will be interested in it, but I think it's going to be. That's kind of what drives me.
0: This is what I like. This is what I mean. What's interesting is for me lately, I've realized I love to play. I I'm not as as much into the research and the development as I used to be. Uh, Last night, my mom got a new ukulele, and last night I got out my uke and I just told her to read my hands, and I did two chords over and over, and then three, and finally four, and I just closed my eyes playing the uke. Just started singing basic songs we've heard our whole life. We did a little bit of uh, You Can't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. But I realized in the middle of playing and singing with my mom, I was thinking, I don't know that it gets any better than this right here. Does
1: and your mom I- sing?
0: No. <laughs> she was really working hard to chase my fingers, you know. It was one of our best play sessions ever. And I love I love getting nerdy about song histories and I love learning that Joni Mitchell stuff but at the end of the day put an instrument in my hand get the beat going and I just want to close my eyes and, and enjoy it and have fun I am glad that I'm at a point in my life where I'm not severely handicapped by my ignorance you know on the subject there's certainly so much more I could learn I'm totally aware of that but I do enjoy the fruits of actually haven't been playing for a while. It's a real pleasure. And to be able to do it with your mom and your friends. But I, I do, I think, what am I going to do? You know, should I should I seek some new project or some new area of focus? I mean, part of me thinks I've got plenty of gigs right now I need to just focus on. And if I learned a new song every four weeks, that wouldn't hurt.
1: Well, I, I mean, so you've brought it full circle back around to the... the those Joni lyric, Joni Mitchell lyrics. No, oh, you, you, my friend, are bringing it back around full circle. Well, you're making it seem like it, but you you got to be careful because <laughs> you 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 don't want to get caught up in stoking the star maker machinery. First off, we don't think we're going to be stars, but those same kinds of things ap- apply to what we're doing. You'll, yeah, how's it, that? Well, it'll cease to, you'll cease to be a free man, Steve. You want to be a free man. It's that free man that's going to do the coolest stuff. Yeah, so how do you cease to be a free man? Feeling like, well, I've got to do this because it'll make some money, or or people have been wanting this particular CD, I have to do that, and feeling like you've you've got to meet demands as opposed to express yourself and just have fun as a musician. I know. It's, it's you want to go the opposite strange. direction. Yeah, because yeah, I was
0: talking at the beginning about just following your bliss. But, but I do care about what people think. I do want to provide a good time. I mean, if I go to a nursing home and I start playing old Joe Clark and nobody's digging it, and I know I can start singing nothing but a hound dog, I'm going to do nothing but a hound dog. I'm, it's not like I'm selling out when I do that. Um, I, care, I care about my listeners. I want them to have fun. It's kind of like we're DJs in a way, you know? Yeah, in a
1: way. You know, it's like it's like this. Day after day, you're more confused. You, you look through the light. You, you look for it through the pouring rain. You know that's a game that you hate to lose, and you're feeling the strain, and ain't it a shame... But give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your dulcimer (laughs) roll (laughs) and drift away. I almost Uh, cried. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. I apologize for that.
0: (laughs) That's good. When I hear that song, you know what I think when I hear that song for real? First of all, I always feel like crying a little bit because I feel a big release when I hear that. Give me the beat, boys, free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll. But but I got to tell you. That at the same time, I remind myself, hey, it ain't all about me, you know, enjoying freedom. (laughs) This sounds like a, a, this sounds, but that's true. With freedom comes responsibility, I think. I think that's what I want. Yeah. I want to keep it in balance. I'm not just saying that because I think I should. I've, I've in the past not had it in balance and it didn't go so well.
1: That's that's right. Well, and you know, you're not you're not alone. Everybody's got those those things. So
0: dude, I'm so glad that I didn't obsess more over music. I am so glad that I'm not way better than I am. I feel like I've gotten to be good enough with music to really enjoy a lot of different aspects of life and have a lot of relationships with people I really love. Um but if you look at some of these guys like in the jazz world, They got all caught up in heroin, and they're playing the most complicated music the world's ever known, and they just completely got obsessed with that stuff. Like, I'm not saying that that's always a bad thing, but... I was just thinking today. I'm thankful. <laughs> yeah, but that I'm you're not talking, so lost in my own yeah. music that I can't make music with others. You know,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, you're talking probably about Frank Zappa and those kind of guys. Oh no, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, it was hard for Frank Zappa became. It, it was, was hard, hard for, for Frank. It was hard <laughs> for people to relate to him and for him to relate to people. You know, that was just that just ate up his life.
0: Well, uh, but he did have a wife the whole time yeah. that I I know of. He didn't try to get into drugs and everything. He had kids. You know, I'm sure he wasn't perfect. I don't know. I think of Charlie Parker, who had a son with a lady and he mm. wrote her a letter and said, Hey, I think I could be a great musician if I could just get out of here. And, and he left him uh, to do that. And he did become a great musician. But hmm. what? I mean, look, this music thing, let's not get out of control here. Let's not get out of hand. It's. um. It can be a great tool, it can be a, a great uh, bliss. But uh I I, I don't want to use it to replace relationships. I want it to build them.
1: Yeah, well and and I know you know this, but don't get so hung up that Dude, you're the you- one who sang that
0: Doody Brothers song, and I am emotional right now. <laughs> That's all there is to it.
1: Just well just just remember we you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants. We are not giants. And uh, and and you get you know we lost Gene Ritchie recently and then you got uh, Joni Mitchell's not healthy by the way she uh, she she's not doing well she's not walking right now the, the report was a few weeks ago that she couldn't speak but uh, there, I just saw a credible report that she she can talk but uh, you know. It's it's life's too short to not just do good stuff, and so that's what that's what we're about. And you opened this podcast, and we need to close this because it's late. We do for one. You, but you, every you open, time we do a podcast, you're like, we better wrap this up. Well, what well, two things? Now you just opened well, one. One time thing.
0: you didn't. I want to give you credit for that.
1: We've had a couple of people say they wish this podcast was longer, and I think that's possible. But this isn't going to be the one where we start doing that. So. This we're at about we're getting close to forty five minutes, so we're gonna wrap it up. But the other I one would is would never want
0: it to be much longer than forty-five minutes.
1: Yeah. Well we've talked we're, about this. But what we're you're talking about life. Were yeah, I'm talking about up? another thing. You said at the beginning there might be people who are like, why or like your mom? You had the quote from your mom about, you know, you're just talking. Why would people want to listen to that? I if no, I well, thought she, we She likes it, you know that. I know, I know that. But if I thought we were just talking I don't. I don't think I would be as interested in it. I'm interested yeah, in okay. continuing to do this because I think we're doing something that's important in a way that people are used to digesting data, and the hammer dulcimer and the mountain dulcimer. There's hard, there's not that many sources. And I'm a huge podcast fan, and you are too. I mean, they're. Okay, that's a big thing. We both have been listening to podcasts a
0: lot for the last right, bunch
1: of years. Right. And we found, or I should only speak for me, I found that the podcasts that I like aren't necessarily like lectures, they're more like right. conversations. And. We just we talked about this for two or three years. Like we got this conversation we just had. We ought to. We should have recorded that, and we never did. And so that's why we started. And but what makes us think that that we have
0: you know that this is something anybody wants to hear? Well,
1: I don't know. Uh, yeah, you black... do. Come on.
0: No, I don't. Do you? I don't either. This is what I hear. <laughs> There's people out there doing podcasts about nothing, and I like listening to them. And you and I like talking, and maybe we feel guilty when we talk for an hour on the phone just for the heck of it, and this way we feel like maybe we, we, we've got a chance at sharing a little bit. I don't know. Are we trying to change the world? Are we trying to elicit change in people's
1: hearts and minds? I am a believer in the butterfly's wings thing, yes. You may not be, okay. but I am. I think yeah. you affect change by doing things and I know that you don't have any change or any effect on anything if you don't do stuff. So. I think
0: the butterfly wings thing is wild. Something little can affect something on the other side of the earth in a big way. Yep.
1: Yeah. So
0: that's it. You know, and I want I, I I'm doing this in part because um I like you. You know, that's one reason I'm doing it. and uh, and maybe Other people that I might like also will hear that we are like them, and we will be able to all live in a retirement home together one
1: day. (laughs) The commune thing, yeah. Shady acres, baby. Yeah. There's somebody somebody in Chattanooga who's trying to start one downtown, and it seems like such a great idea, and I've talked to this guy a couple of times, but— there's not going to be any folk musicians living there because nobody could, we can't afford that. <laughs> right. But if we all come together
0: and plan now and live in this new house you're building, it could happen. We need now, something not, that's like uh,
1: horse yeah. stables out back. We're not building a house. We're in a really tiny house that was built in 19—it nah, says on building the front of the house. We're just fixing it. We're not making it bigger. We're just Dan, fixing it. Dan, I don't want
0: to die alone. That's what I'm saying.
1: Well, there you go. I can't really help you with that right now, so— but hey, I like you too, Steve Seifert. And thanks you're for the doing one this who podcast. You brought up the song, dude. Give me the uh, Give me the Beat Boys. Hey, before we close, where you're, uh, we're recording this on what is this a Wednesday night, and it won't oh, air until right. Monday this weekend. You're we're headed not going to record at night anymore. Yeah, I know. We're too emotional. You You've got an orchestra gig this weekend. Yeah, I'm playing Orlando.
0: I'm doing. Uh, I'm playing on Sunday and the, uh, on Monday, and one of those is is at the Villages, and I'm also getting to visit Cheryl Chapman and her bunch down there in Sanford, Florida. We're going to do a bunch of workshops and stuff. I'm going to take my mom, and uh, we're going to have some fun down there. I, I, I think it's strange that I was looking at all the driving I'm going to have to do, and I guess I'm used to it now. That's I tell people, are like, what do you do for a living? I tell them I'm a professional driver. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Hey, hey, listen, Dan, before we wrap this up, um, I wish you the best with your house, and I look forward to talking to you next week. And um, aren't we going to have a famous guest next week? Uh,
1: Not unless one of us wins the lottery or something.
0: That's right. We're not going to have a famous guest. But if anybody out there can uh, determine the truth on the jody mitchell dulcimer mystery my belief is that they are only on the blue album dan is hearing them on other albums i I think he could be right i'd love to know that because i'm gonna you know but somebody help us out here because we're just doing the best we can with what we got
1: all right hey have a safe trip and uh talk to you soon see you later